It's June 25th, 2021. So we will be talking about the Habs, but we don't know who the Habs face in the Stanley Cup final. Just so we start that off, you know, clear. Because knowing us, we're just going to go on a tangent. And then our listeners are going to be like, how the hell do they not know that they're playing, I don't know, whatever team? So let's get that clear. Um, but let's start with a different topic. So Mark Messier is joining ESPN as an analyst. Has there ever been a award in one of the big sports leagues named after an analyst for a TV network? Isn't uh, Gretzky also joining their team? Yeah, but Gretzky doesn't have an award, though. You'd figure by all his accomplishments, he would have one award at least, but okay. I'm actually surprised. Today I learned. I can't think of another one where it's like like that. Like, wouldn't it be weird if in the NFL, it was the Vince Lombardi trophy, but Lombar- uh, Vince Lombardi was a TV analyst for Fox? I Does Kareem have one? Because I feel like I've seen him on TV a couple of times, so I don't know if he's like maybe just like a guest commentator sometimes, but I'm pretty sure he has an award named after him, right? Or am I just, you know, talking out of my ass right now? I, I don't think Kareem has an award named after him. Is there? Oh, no, he, no, there is. He has the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Award. Okay. But he's also not a TV analyst. He may be a guest, like, every now and then, not like a full-time, like, analyst, right? Yeah, it's like if you had the Ron McLean Award. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh... But isn't he, like, biased against a certain network? Well, I mean, the Marc Messier award wouldn't have an effect. Like, given that he's on, if he's going to be working for ESPN, I don't think it changes the award much. But does, it does, it seems like kind of funky, I guess, right? Like, he, like, would they, would they rename the award? And wait, is the Marc Messier award the leadership award one? Is that the yeah. one? It was won by Patrice Bergeron this season, but yes. Like, in my opinion, like, I don't see too much of a problem. It is definitely, like, weird, like you said, though. I would agree with that. I don't I don't find that as weird, though. Like, it just happens, like, you know, he... To me, it just happens that he has, you know, the award name after him. And that he's kind of, I guess, young enough to be... And analysts. I think that's the whole thing. Like everyone else is kind of like in their 60s, 70s, or like not alive currently. So, like, I think Messier, you know, being in his 50s or so, like, that's kind of the reason why we're kind of talking about this. It's because he is kind of young ish and just happens to have a name, a award name after him, right? I guess. Is it weird? Like, now that you brought it up, is it weird that like your supposed goat of your sport doesn't have a trophy named after them like like i i I guess it doesn't happen in other sports either but you would think right like for the uh you would think for a player that you know made is like the best ever in your sport doesn't actually have an award named after them is that weird or is it just like maybe they are get so much recognition that you don't really need to name an award after them no, I, I, if you look at the other sports, right? If you look at, you know, the NBA, there isn't a Michael Jordan award. The MLB doesn't have a Babe Ruth award. The NFL doesn't have a, I don't know, a Tom Brady award. <laughs> That's going to be controversial, controversial, but no. Because you would think, like, I don't know, in my opinion, I feel like they, like, they start renaming some of the awards at one point, and... Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, the Lester B. Pearson Award was the weirdest award ever. I would say that. Like, I don't know why you named an award after a former Canadian prime minister. Um, But, like, with... Like, you would think, like, one day. Maybe, like, it might be 50 years in the future. But would they, like, rename the Art Roast Trophy to, like, the Wayne Gretzky Award? Because, like, you know, he's literally, like one of the few people who have ever scored 200 points in a season type of thing. Well, why don't they, if they have like a, you know, a Rocket Richard 
uh, trophy for like most goals scored. Why don't they just have like one for the most assist and make that the Gretzky one, right? Uh, uh yeah, maybe, but I don't know if you'll ever get an award for most assists. Like, I don't know if that'll ever be a trophy, but like at the same time, I feel like if you either scored the most goals or you scored the most assists, you end up winning the Art Ross anyway. So maybe it would just be a little bit redundant. Okay, but you also don't want too many awards, right? You don't want to end up being like the outdoor games where it's just like, oh, there's another one this weekend. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? They don't want to saturate the awards either. What? You don't want the plus minus award? I think we should stop at the most blocks in a defensive zone on a away on a, in a away game award. <laughs> you don't want the Miko Renton plus minus thirty and Mackenzie Weger plus minus twenty nine. <laughs> yes, I would uh, probably like to skip on that. Like I'll be honest with you, I I don't want the I don't want the Sergey Bobrovsky overpaid contract award. That's the golden raspberry. I don't want to know what a golden raspberry is. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's the Razzies, right? Like that's like the award. That, like that's like the opposite of the Oscars. I'm pretty sure, right, Anson? Yeah, it is. Like whatever the worst, quote unquote, the worst films of the year, they get that. It's the exact opposite of the Oscars. Maybe we should do a segment one day and give out our own Razzies for the NHL awards. Like, well, I mean, like maybe by the time our we record our next episode, or I mean, unless the Habs are going to sweep uh, whoever they're going to face, uh, maybe we'll do like our own version of the Razzies. But I, I I'm curious about the entire Messi hire, like going away from the trophy and like actually thinking about him being an analyst, like. I'm curious to see how he does because I don't think he's had any like experience. Like I know like he's done ads and everything and he's been like uh, an ambassador it may, if you call that or at least like a spokesperson for a couple of things, but like I'm 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 interested to see him as an analyst. Um it's like I'm not too sure about how he would be like in terms of the analysis he provides. But, you know, when you hear him talk, you just – he seems like a very charismatic, interesting guy. So I, I, I think he'll turn out fine, um, especially for ESPN. That's a name where I think even casual fans will just be like, curious how he'll be like. I'm down to watch that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree with that uh, assessment. And I, I wonder, too, like, is this another Edmonton's boys club happening again is that now going to be at espn with you know wayne gretzky and uh uh mark well yeah like wayne gretzky's ass at espn right so i wonder if he was like oh hit up my boy messier there he uh might be interested in a job maybe he's not uh maybe he's done making tide commercials or something well i mean in terms of old boys club there's probably like other players you could have gotten yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, I guess you would know it's a boys' club if like Craig Simpson somehow leaves uh, uh Sportsnet and goes to ESPN and becomes a color analyst or something like that. Then we know it's the full Edmonton's '80s boys' club. It's a boys' club when you see Kevin Lowe up here. <laughs> You're gonna bring uh, Craig Matavish. There you go. All right. With that being said, let's start the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. So we will talk Habs, you know, obviously, but let's talk about a few things first. We do have trivia at the end of today's episode. Already dreading it. Um, But let's talk Kraken. They uh, decided to sign Dave Haxtell as their starting, not starting, their first head coach. Who's their backup coach? Their backup coach? I I hate you. (laughs) But I love this. And that's perfect. You got a guy who's worked with young young players, you know, developed that through the NCAA. Um, The Flyers... Those teams weren't very great, and I, you know, he was pretty good. 
and as an assistant coach of the Leafs, real good with the defense and the PK, which is apparently what he was focused on. The Leafs are pretty good on PK and defense. Really good hire, I feel like. I thought Hackstall was in charge of the power play. Was that power play? I would suggest that someone could look it up so I don't look stupid, but I had a feeling he was supposed to be in charge of the power play when he was first hired. But that might be completely off. According to Sports Illustrated, uh, Haxtell's duty reportedly were to oversee the defense and penalty kill, the former of which marked improvements from year one to year two. The penalty kill, however, never managed to produce any consistent results under Dave Haxtell's guidance, so I feel like it's probably the defense and PK. All right. Maybe. So I was, if, it was, if it was the power play, I was going to harp on you for that. But, you know, I'll let you continue with the penalty kill and the defense if that was, that's what he was in charge of. Yeah, it seems like that's what he's in charge of. And I think that would be ideal. You know, if, if you're Seattle, that, I think that's a very good underrated person to take. Well, in his like three and a half seasons at uh, Philadelphia, they finished fifth. In the Metro, they lost in the first round. Uh, they missed the playoffs the following season, and then they lost in the first round again, the season and the third season, and then he got fired midway midway through the fourth. So, um, I don't know. Does that kind of put any perspective in your judgment? No, it it doesn't. Like it makes me feel like these were still both very good teams. Um, like if you look at it, twenty fifteen, their top. Five scores were Giroux, Simmons, Shen, Voracek, and Gottesbeer. Oh, was that season? Yeah, Gottesbeer had fifty, had forty six points. Isn't it Gossesbeer? Gottesbeer, Gottesbeer. My point. You know what I mean. And then in the second year, um, when he, they didn't make the playoffs, Voracek had sixty one points in eighty two games. Like this, these teams were not great. Um, 10th in scoring was Radko Gudas, followed by 38-year-old Mark Streit. And then the final year of him, in the full, final full year of him in the Flyers, um, Giroud had 102 points in 82 games, which is always great. But it was still a team that was not very good. Like, once you got past the Stars, you had guys like Valtteri Filippula, you know, Nolan Patrick, 30 points in 73 games in his rookie year. Uh, Michael Raffle, Jordan Wheel, Andrew McDonald, you know, Scott Lawton. Not a great group, especially if you look at their goaltending. This was a year oh, they went. Wait, with. hang on. Can I guess who they are? Yes, go for it. We'll we'll make we'll have both of you guess. They had four goalies that season. Okay. Uh one's Bryant Elliott. Okay. Was Anthony Stolares there? Just name four and I'll have Jeffrey name four and we'll we'll I'll tell you what they are after. I can't even name four. I just know two. So you had Elliot and Stolars, right? And that's the only two you know? Uh, Yeah, I'll just go with those two. Jeffrey, who do you think the goalies were in the 2017-2018 Philadelphia Flyers? Um, I would... I think Elliot should have been there by then. I feel like Alex Leon probably played like a game <laughs> and Ed went back down. Um... I can't. I don't remember if this was like it was this the first year of Elliot being there, but like I think like Stolarz was also a good guess from uh, Anson, and I can't remember. Like it's one of like a Michael Neuvirth before he fainted, or like a Steve Mason, like one of those two. But uh, like I because I, I got three names for you already. I need only one more. Um. L- Let's go for a, a, a Michael Neuvirth. I don't think Steve Mason was there yet. So Anson is one for two with Brian Elliott. Jeffrey is three for four. Uh, so Brian Elliott played 43 games. 909. Michael Neuvirth played 22 games. 915. Peter Morazic had an 891 in 17 games. And Alex Lyon had played 11 games. With the 905. Like these teams were not very good. They were good defensively. Offensively, these teams were not good. 
would you say they were good defensively or like wh- where would they be ranked? Like I I know we like we have like their goals for goals assists. But, like if we could check to even see like where they ranked uh, overall in the NHL. Like I don't like I I think yes the teams might be you know maybe poorly constructed. I would say from like a GM standpoint they weren't they didn't have a lot of depth that they have like right now. But I also wonder, and I never thought like Dave Haxtell really got the best out of the Flyers team. So at the same time, like I feel like there's some fault on the coach on those bad Flyers teams. And like I remember when he was the coach for the Flyers, like people in Philadelphia really didn't like him. They didn't think he was that great. He never like got good results. I honestly feel like he got the team lacked depth. I think that was my issue with that team. Like, their stars always performed, but they never had much depth. Radko Gouda should not be relied on to score 20, 25 points a season. Is it, like, a good hire in the sense that he's a good, like, development coach when he, in the uh, NCAA? For, like, for the Kraken, obviously. It's just, like, he's a good hire because he was a really good development coach there, and he's got a fairly good track record all things considered in the nhl so it's like if you're bringing a new team a completely brand new team like and you really don't know where this team's going to go more more than likely it's going to be like a not vegas-esque team it's going to be more like maybe like a rebuild a little bit slower that's the kind of coach you kind of want probably right in terms of just building these guys up and figuring out who's gonna actually be on your top line who's not who's going to be like a a fourth line guy kind of thing. You know what? You bring up a good point. I think you might be onto something where they may, you know, you know, they talk to Northwest, talk to the GMs around the league, kind of getting the perception that you know this is going to be a team that's going to be younger, probably not as good as the Golden Knights because most teams have kind of learned their lesson. So they kind of go in and like, all right, look, we're going to have a pretty crap team. I need a team that's developed. Let's get a coach that's well known for developing players. Could be honest on my hair. Like, that was just my assumption. It's just, you, they were also looking at, like, Rick Torchett, or who was it? The guy who coached Arizona. Rick Tockett. Tockett, thank you. Rick Tockett. Who, I I mean, like, he was the coach of Arizona, which I the issue with that is I don't know what Arizona is. They're kind of contending, but not really, right? So it's hard to tell how good of a coach for me at least i can't really tell what kind of coach he is whether or not he's like a guy you want as a developmental coach or whether he wants to be you want him to be like your the guy to you know take you take you over the hump towards in the playoffs okay but speaking of that before i move on to the next topic this the year 2018-2019 when dave Paxton got fired the that flyers team went through eight goalies I thought that was interesting. Carter Hart played 31 games in this season where Carter Hart kind of exploded on the scene in the 917. Brian Elliott played 26 games with a 907. Stolars played 12 games with a 902. And this is a name I didn't didn't remember. Cam Talbot played for the Flyers. Four games in 881. Calvin Picard played 11 games at 863. Mike McKenna played one game with an 833. Michael Norvath played seven games with an 859. And Alex Lyon played two games with an 806. Do either of you remember Cam Talbot playing for the Flyers? Because I had no clue. That was the that was the free agent carousel where it was like Mraznik, Elliott, and I think Talbot. And one more one more goalie or two, just switching teams. It was like the five teams going, We're not you guys are all going to UFA, but they all just signed with like those five teams. I thought Talbot was a trade deadline pickup from Edmonton that year because Edmonton was bad that season, so they picked up Talbot at the trade deadline. That was my thought because I don't think because Talbot's only signed like one free agent contract, and that was well, two I guess like one with Edmonton and one with Minnesota. So I thought I'm pretty sure he was just a trade deadline pickup. I don't think he was actually like he signed with Philadelphia. I think it was like traded for like a third maybe. I don't know, but that was correct. Cam Talbot was traded from the Oilers to the Flyers in exchange for Anthony Stolarz. That was the year Edmonton was not great and Talbot wasn't great. And clearly it looked like 
the fly yeah, I think the Flyers set a record for the most goalies used in the season just because everyone got injured. But in the end, like I don't think it was like I I like I think maybe like Hackstall was dealt some pretty bad teams, but I, I still think like he wasn't on my radar to be hired as the Kraken's next coach. That's my thing. Like we heard all these other names that seem like much better fits, but Hackstall was kind of like a dark horse, I would say. Can you give me an example of, of who you heard would be a better fit or you feel like would be a better fit? Well, I mean, Gerard Gallant was like probably the obvious pick if you could. Um, you know, like Rick Tockett, like uh, Anson said there, but there's guys like uh, Joe Sacco, um, Luke Richardson with the Habs, um, Dave Quinn. I know he just got fired from the Rangers, but he looked like a pretty good candidate. Like there were guys out there, even um, oh, I don't remember a Trot's assistant with the Islanders. Like he was a big name that people were looking at. Um. Even the Sens associate coach, uh, Jack Capuano, like there were guys who like had much more, you know, better um, like resumes and had better like coaching like histories that, like and like pedigree that seemed to be a lot better fits. But I mean, like Ron Francis, you know, did his due diligence with all his coaching interviews and everything. Like they took a while to like really sort out like figure out who would be the best coach to lead them. So. Like, maybe he knows something more than, you know, we haven't actually gotten to talk to Dave Haxton on how he would, you know, coach the Kraken, per se. But um, I, I think I think it would be, uh, it was just something out there, I think, that no one really expected. You uh, you forgot John Tortorella, but I think also Sens didn't let their assistant coach um, to be interviewed at, at all. They're just like, we have him under a certain contract. He's staying here for this contract. Yeah, also, I think Jack Capuano might be thinking that, who knows, maybe DJ Smith might get fired soon if the Sens keep shitting the bed. But, you know, he he might get a job there. But, yeah, I I, I think, like, there there were a lot of other names that were out there. And I think Dave Haxtell is an interesting pick. I mean, we'll see how he does. I think he, when he got hired by Philadelphia, he was also a little bit of a, like, a pick like an out there choice, like because he was kind of like the first really like NCAA coach to really be given chance to uh go for uh like get get a head coach position. So I think it'll be interesting. I don't know. But speaking of Luke Rich and the Habs, how happy are you, Jeffrey? I was very happy at work when uh, they scored. Um, I did give a, a little cheer but not too loud as to uh, not interfere with my other co-workers. Um, but yeah, uh, for all those, I know some of my friends, uh, former Leaf friends uh, who think I am a bandwagoner. No, I, I switched at the very beginning of the season. And for realistic reasons, not because the Habs had a good team, like th- that they had a good off season per se, but like this, I was just too tired of the Leafs. And as I said before, you always appreciate your rivals, and the Habs are always a team I appreciated. Um, I would like to think that there's a grade eight photo of me and Olsen, uh, with me in the Habs hat and him in the Pens hat, and the Habs beat the Pens, uh, even though they're the lower seed that season in the playoffs. So I would like to say maybe, maybe I was a Habs fan all along, but I was swayed by the um, proximity of the Leafs that I became a Leafs fan. So. Maybe at heart, I was always a Habs fan, and I, I think you can hear that. I'm just very, very happy that the Habs, uh, you know, as I said at the beginning of the season, they're going to represent the North Division in the playoffs, and um, they're going to win. And clearly, I'm right. They're already in the Stanley Cup Finals before the Tampa Bay Lightnings or the New York Islanders. Jeffrey, so there's a there's a rumor I heard. Can you confirm this? What's the rumor? I heard that when you're at work, the Habs have not lost. Is this true? Ye- Let me double check here. Uh, let me pull up the, the Habs schedule. I'm pretty sure. I just don't want to give you the wrong data, obviously. But uh, okay. I have, uh, if I'm like, I'm pretty sure every game that like I've worked, like 
I much I I work shifts, so sometimes I work the night shifts. But especially on those night shifts, I'm pretty sure I have a, an unbeaten record. Um, I I can't tell you how many games it's been, but uh, I can I'll I'll look it up. But I'll let you know at least I have an unbeaten record. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll just assume that you do, because if you don't have an unbeaten record, you're very close to it, right? Um, I think. Like maybe I worked like a day shift one day and that kind of screwed over thing. But if I, I'm pretty sure I've like if I work a night shift, I'm like unbeaten. But let me double check for that. For okay. You. Yeah. So my two questions from that are: A, if the Stanley Cup Finals are in Game Seven, are you fighting with your coworkers to get a shift so you don't watch? And B, are you saying that Mark Bergevin's red suit perfect streak is? A, co- a coincidence and you are the real your, your work is your real is the Habs real lucky charm that's the real red, red suit yes it's just a coincidence that he wears a red suit sometimes I would like to say that yes it is all me um, so game one of the playoffs uh, the March, May 20th when uh, the Tafaris, unfortunately, that incident, um, the Hams won that night when I worked. Um, I did work a day shift in game four of the Leafs Habs series, but that wasn't an overnight shift, so I won't count that. Um, when the Habs tied up the series uh, 3-3, May 29th in overtime, I was working a night shift. When the Habs beat the Leafs, on the 31st, I was working a night shift. So that's 3 for 0 in the first series. Uh, next series against Winnipeg. Um, I kind of I worked like a pseudo night shift for game one against the Jets. And they won. So I don't know if you want to count that. Maybe not. Um, and then going into the Vegas series. Uh, I didn't work that much actually during the Vegas series. Um, but in the game where it mattered, game six. I was at work that night. So take it as you will. I think that puts me at 4-0 or 5-0. But uh, I, I think maybe it's a combined power of Bergevin's uh, red suit and me being at work uh, that uh, has contributed to the Habs winning. And if I haven't been talking too much, I'll answer your second question as well. Um, I have already been pre-planning with my coworkers to make sure that I am uh, working the uh, nights that the Habs are playing. But I'm kind of screwed right now because we don't know the schedule yet. So I'm just trying to take as many night shifts as I can over the next two weeks and hope that I am going to be on during a Habs game. I got to support the Habs, you know, any way I can. Are you working late for a bigger cause is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I'm just like, if I have a shift, like if I have a shift where I it wouldn't be during a game, then uh, I, w- I would look to trade it if I could. And, you know, like I- I'm pre-planning ahead, you know, right now I've actually got like, I will have like two consecutive like night shifts in a row. So just because the schedule's not out yet, I'm at least more than likely going to be working at least one. And realistically, they don't need me for every game. You know, I trust the Habs can win by themselves. But if I can have, if I work, you know, four night shifts that will cover the Stanley Cup finals, you know, we can give whichever team they face false hope that they can, you know, maybe, you know, go three and one like the Leafs and then. I'll just work those next three games and the Habs will win the Stanley Cup. So that's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'm, I'm just curious if Jeffrey feels like he's the real superstar of the team here. It's not uh, it's not Weber. It's not Price. It is not Toffoli. It is not the suit. It's Jeffrey. So we're going to come back. Jeffrey, do you work nights this week at all? Do you know the schedule for this week? Uh, I don't want to give my personal schedule out. I just want to know if you do. Do you work? Do you work nights this week? Just in general. Uh, well, I I would think you know the Stanley Cup final should start next week, right? Like the week of the twenty seventh. Um, I would like to say that I'm working uh during game times at least for four of those days next week. So I am uh should cover two of them. If what I'm hearing is that if our listeners are gambling people, if they are, they should bet on the Habs because 
you're working on several of those nights. Well, I don't need to know which nights. I don't want to hear any of it. I just want to know if I'm a gambling person. Do I gamble in the halves? If you're the lucky charm. Well, I did say in our group chat that uh, I was working that night. So the Habs should win. And I mean, if you guys are smart, you could have, you know, maybe if you guys were um, interested in putting money on the Habs, you could have done that and you could have, you know, made some money. But I guess you guys missed it. (laughs) All right. Um, So. Question, Jeffrey. If Mark Bergevin emails you, he goes, hey, these four, three, four games in Montreal, I would like you to be there. Would you say, no, thank you? Or would you go to Bell Center? Um, like I said before, you only need four wins to uh, win a series. And I, like, I trust the Habs. Like, against Vegas, they didn't need me that much. They only needed me for game six there. So I can trust the Habs to at least... Uh, win one game um my only worry is that if i am in montreal will i be able to get back in time to kingston given that what happened in a series win um you know what happened in montreal that's like i can't imagine if you know the habs lose a game what might happen in the Stanley cup final even if it's like a non-relevant game, like an elimination game, I am uh, worried I might have to be stuck in the Sancho Bell, might ha- even have to stay the night for a night there. So now that you mentioned that, this Habs team is playing in the Stanley Cup final on the 10-year anniversary of the Vancouver Canucks final. That's not a good sign, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's anniversary any... well. Pretty much any year or any date, you can find a random anniversary and try to co- like create some type of correlation. But it just like I don't know. In my opinion, also like Montreal probably could have controlled this a little better. Like I know the pandemic; it's like some of the stuff are being relaxed a little bit more. But when you look at the photos of outside Sancho Bell, um, you would hope that. You know, people didn't congregate as much uh, without mask um, in those settings. And you hope that for some little bit more um, enforcement, I would say. Um, And I feel like if since this wasn't enforced earlier in the beginning um, and they never like, you know, uh, like I feel like this was just kind of a buildup and I do not want to imagine the Stanley Cup Finals. If this is what you get in the Conference Finals and they won still, like I would be very scared to see the Stanley Cup Finals when they lose. All right. With that being said, we can't delay this any longer. Do you know what I'm talking about, Anson? No. I See, I thought you were going to go the Toffoli route, but I think I know where you're going. What's the Toffoli route? Why, why, why don't we delay this as much as we can? What is the Toffoli route, Anson? Tell me what it is. Uh, remember this offseason when Toffoli was signed? Not even the first day. I think it was like the fourth day or something. Four years, $17 million for the Habs. And Jim Benning had every opportunity to re-sign him for about that price. How bad does that look for Jim Benning now? And not that it's... Like, sorry. Not taking anything away from Mark Bergerman. It's just how bad does that look for Jim Benning in the sense that you could have had this guy for this amount of money, but the but instead, like look who you're paying, like look, look where your debt cap is, basically. Hear me out. I kind of understand it. I think when I look at the Canucks, they kind of have an expiration date, and it's the end of the 2022-2023 season. I think. Sorry. Yeah. It's not even that. Sorry, the end of the 2021-2022 season is kind of the expiration date of this iteration of the Canucks. You mean the the Jay Beagles, the Louis Eriksons, um, Antoine Roussels? So all the following players are going to be signed past next season. Okay, Horvat, Miller, Pearson, Hoglander, Myers, Schmidt, Demko, and then Furlan, but he's may LTIR. 
they really only have seven players signed after next season. I think there's an argument to be made they kind of maybe didn't want to kind of blur the lines between this iteration and the next iteration of the Canucks by having too many of these three to four year contracts where you're kind of like Pearson, where you kind of like kind of blend it in or like a Myers or Schmidt where you kind of blended it all in. Don't get me wrong. They really could have used the Tyler Toffoli. Totally could have used him. But I also see that there's an argument to be made to say, hey, you know what? If you want to start fresh after next season is kind of a pretty good time to start fresh. And I know Jeffrey is disagreeing with me. Well, how am I wrong, Jeffrey? Um, I, I would say I would, I'm disagreeing, but I think the Canucks ended up using the cap space that they were going to sign to fully and got Nate Schmidt. And I would probably say like Nate Schmidt was a better fit than Toffoli. Like I know Toffoli did very well when he was like as a trade deadline acquisition, but I don't think that Toffoli was what they needed more compared to having, you know, someone to appear in the back end there. Like I think originally the plan was to hopefully, you know, have Schmidt run with Hughes and, you know, kind of go from there. But uh, I like, and even like Benning was saying, like he's saying, like this season he's going to try to add some more toughness on his back end, which uh, I'm interested in to see who's going to sign <laughs> for that. But uh, like, which 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 player is he? Which uh, third pairing guy is he going to give a three four year contract for? Um, I can see like a Zach Bergosian, maybe you never know. But I mean, like back to Toffoli, like like. He, it's all 2020 hindsight. Like, you don't know how Toffoli was going to perform if he was with the Canucks. Like, would he be, like, a top 10 goal scorer if he was with the Canucks? Would the Canucks maybe have made the playoffs this season? Um, but I, I think, like, you, like, in the end, like, between Toffoli and getting Nate Schmidt, realistically, I think that, um, like, I, I, I wouldn't be mad with either option. It's just... In the end, when it actually played out, it didn't look great. But it's hard to fault, I think. Um, Jim Benning um, maybe could have tried a little bit harder, but I think it's it's just twenty twenty hindsight right now when we look at that decision. I'm just looking at the uh, cap friendly, like the free agent defenseman this upcoming uh, off season. Your top quote unquote top target is Jason Demers, and then Greg Pattern, Connor Carrick, Christian. Use and then Ben Hutton as your top five. I've actually got a a suggestion for a name, a familiar friend for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what if they brought back Eric Goodbranson? Woo! I feel like that's a a Jim Benning likes three year contract. Honestly, I would even go more recent. Just resign Hamannick, but just don't sign him till like I'm. I'm sure he'll probably, he might even take a Western Canada discount. But I mean, maybe don't offer him like a too long of a deal. Maybe like a two year deal. But knowing knowing Benning, he might be like, oh, you're giving us a discount. Why not tack tack on that extra year for you there, buddy? Uh, so yeah, no, I've I've said all I really want to say about Toffoli and this whole saga. Um. You know, I was jump right into the whole quiz master, trivia master, whatever it's called. I don't know. One last, one last thing for, first. Does Jim Benning call it? Does Travis Hamnick, Travis Hamnick's agent, call the hometown discount or home area discount by taking less money? Does Jim Benning call giving an extra year the team discount? Well, you spread it over a longer period of time, so you know technically it is a discount over a longer amount of years. I guess so. Okay, Jeffrey, make me annoyed with you, and and mess up my day. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, 
I I would call this messing up your day. Like I I think you, since you guys even talked about it like last week, I mean you guys it's still kind of fresh in your memory. Though, I mean if we listened to the podcast last week, it seems like maybe they could have done a little bit more prep. So I, I've got my prep here for the trivia. Uh, I would like to thank you guys for allowing me to host your trivia session for this podcast episode. Um, but we're going to go look into some of those lengthy, lengthy contracts um, that were given out that, you know, haven't looked so great recently. So all I have... Hey, Austin, Austin. Yes. I got to shovel the driveway. I'll be back in seven hours. Yeah, you know what? I need. To, I bought a pet crocodile last week. I need to go find some fresh... Uh, what do crocodiles eat? <laughs> Just chicken. Oh, yes. Sure, whatever. Yeah, bye. <laughs> I gotta shovel the driveway. It starts snowing. I don't know what happened. I just gotta shovel it. I'll see you later. Yeah, man, dude, it's crazy with global warming. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Jeffrey. Honestly, they're they're easy questions. It's four questions. Um, why don't we just get straight into it? Um, so question number one: Do you guys? Well, first off, do you guys want to work together, or do you guys want to have a little bit of a competition between the two of you? Well, let's just go first question, and then we'll figure that part out. <laughs> good that's what i was thinking too i was also going oh whatever man <laughs> all right uh question number one which team has given out the most nine plus year contracts nine plus a year that's a weirdly specific i'm thinking more of like you know like because right now the current cba you're allowed max eight so like basically any contract that was signed before the latest cba where they gave more than uh that they were giving more than eight-year contracts. Okay. So sure. Mini has two. Yes. And Detroit has at least two. Oh, Detroit has Datsuk. They have... I don't know if Datsuk was one. I don't know if Zetabur. I don't remember. I don't think Datsuk did. I remember it was Franzen for sure, because I was like, what? So we talked about this. And Zetterberg. So it's at least those two. Uh, Jeffrey, is there a tie or no? Is this one team? There's one team with three, and I don't know why my prep didn't get Franzens, but let me just double check this here. Uh, <laughs> okay, Chicago has at least two. I think because they, they have Keith and Hosa and Seabrook. Hosa, yeah, Hosa is C, Does Seabrook get a, a longer than nine year contract? Um. Seabrook's the one I was like, I'm not sure. Because I know Taves and Kane have eight-year contracts. Yes. It's Does Seabrook have a longer contract? So it's between Chicago and Detroit. Unless... Yeah, I think it's one of those two. Jeffrey, have you re- recounted? Uh, I have recounted, and my answer is still the same. Okay, hear me out, Anson. We have a degree of comfortability that's either... Was it Detroit or Chicago? I have a dark horse in Philly, but I don't think Philly. So. Philly, they have Carter. Who else? Carter, Richards, Brzezgalov. Oh. Right? Yes. Brzezy has a nine. <laughs> I, nine think, by I think that's the right answer. You want to do Philly then? I see Philly. All right, Philly. Look what happens when two people put their minds together and take the time to think things through. Yes, the answer is Philadelphia. And you guys were right. It was Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, and Ilya Brzezgalov. So who did... Det- so what was Seabrook's? Eight? Yeah, what's Seabrook's contract? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Seabrook was eight. Oh, time to Google that. Brent Seabrook. Jeffrey, while he's doing that, you want to just uh, throw us number two? Sure. Uh, question numero de. Uh, which player had the highest contract value? So, like, which which player like got paid the most? In like, I don't know. Is it called the high? Like, which number had the highest like dollar value for their contract? Like, you're saying like it could be like 17 years, but like 100 million. But like, who had the highest total money in that contract? Yeah, in their contract when they signed it. So like. I know, you know, some of these players might not have finished their contracts yet, so we don't know. But, like, like in terms of when they signed it, it had the highest dollar value. Yeah. Um, so, first off, yes, Seabrook signed an eight-year contract, $55 million. Um, I feel like it's a vestia, by the way. His long contract got paid a lot. 
and there was near as later on in the whole process of long contracts, like you know, what I mean, like let's started cutting down fourteen year or fifteen year contracts. Feel like it's a vet shit because he he was in his prime when he signed his contract. That's my guess. I think it's a vet shit. I know Kovalchuk got a hundred million dollars, but I think. I think Crosby is obviously 8.7 times like what, 13 or 12? Something like that. Um, maybe OB might be the right one. The yeah, only because like, I would think it's maybe it was like McDavid, but it, McDavid's only eight years. Eight, no, so his is 100 million. His is 100 million. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because like AV wise, McDavid might be more, but he also has what, like four years, five years difference? Yeah, like if you put if you had twelve years on his contract, then I think his would be the top. But in terms of just who are the overall highest, like amount, I have a couple of names, but I don't know. If, like I don't know if Keith was up no. there. No, okay. no, because for a long time, it's like Keith's contract is great. Okay, what was uh Di Pietro's? Just for the sake of sixty something million. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, it was like four and a half million a year. Type fifteen. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Ovi, yeah, I think I'll stick with you. I don't, I can't really think of another one because I, I know Studer and Parisi was on just under a hundred million dollars. Okay, I'm gonna go with Ovi, Jeffrey. And you guys are right. It was Alex Ovechkin, and he has had signed a four, thirteen-year contract for a hundred and twenty-four million, and expires this off-season. Holy generational money! Who's second? Uh, why don't you guys guess? We'll do that as a bonus question, I guess. You want to split up for this one just for the sake of it? I don't think it's Crosby. Is it? Might be Crosby. Actually, how many years? How many years is Crosby's contract? Well, I'm not going to give you the answer to that. That's uh cheating. So I won't. I won't. Sure, then I'll guess Crosby then. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> Seems like you had a couple more players in mind. Oh no, I. I mean, like Crosby is the obvious choice. To be honest with you, it's it was him or just I know Kovalchuk had a hundred. I know he had a hundred, so it's not him. I think it's gotta be Crosby though. Okay, yeah, like it's we're doing Crosby for the uh, bonus question. So Crosby's contract was twelve years at a hundred and four million. Um, I think Anson might have a new answer. Was it Hosa? Hosa was 12 years at 63.3 million. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. That was a cheap contract, often considered. And the winner is for a 14-year, $110 million offer sheet contract, Montreal Canadiens have uh, captain Shea Weber. Uh, okay, yeah, no, 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 you got me there. Okay, bonus question. Doesn't matter. All right. So question number three. Um, I, I still don't know how I messed up friends, and so I'm kind of worried about this. But how many players can you name that never played to the end of their contract? Can you tell us how many signed? Or is that not fair? Um, including friends, and, and if I'm missing someone, that's my fault. But I'm just 21 contracts. And... How many players can you name that never played to the end of their contract? And like this, this is given the fact like that you know we're not going to count current players, obviously, um, unless you know they got bought out. But um, like anyone who's retired, bought out, got the contract terminated. How many guys can you get? How many players can you guys name? Once I'm writing them down. Yeah. And I think this brings us to the, like kind of a conclusion about why people shouldn't sign contracts more than, you know, into the nine year, 10 year, 15 year ranges, because most of the times these players don't end up finishing these contracts, you end up having to buy them out. And I think this, the new rule where it's an eight year uh, limit has really saved some teams from making some bad mistakes. But uh, yeah, like. Uh, there's there's quite a few, so that's why uh, it you might take two of you guys to kind of work together on um, who you guys think uh, the, like which players didn't play to the end of their contract. I have seven. Uh, do you want to name them? All right, uh, I've got Franzen and Zetterberg. Okay. I feel like 
Datsuk might be on there. So that's the one I'm iffy about. Okay. But remember, we had three. Only, there was only one team with three, so I don't think Datsuk signed a long-term contract. So that's why I don't have Datsuk on here. It's just Franz and Zetterberg. Uh, Di Pietro? Yes. Richards? Which one? Uh, Mike Richards. How about the other one? Who's the other one? Brad. Brad? Ooh, I don't have Brad Richards on the list. Because you remember how the Leafs were on him, and then he went to the Rangers, but then he got bought out like two seasons in. Brad Richards? What about Vincent LeCavalier? He had like a stupid contract, didn't he? Yes, I feel like Cavalier's on the list too. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read them all for you, Jeffrey, at the end, right? But like, just those based on this. Um, and then I also have Luongo. Oh, he didn't finish at the last season. Yes. I only know this because I cheated because I was looking at Cap Friendly for them earlier and they have a dead cap penalty this year. <laughs> so that's what I thought. And my super dark horse, Christian Ehrhoff. That counts. He's a 10 year, $40 million when he signed. Yes, so he's definitely um, not finished. I don't remember if Vili Leno played us had a stupid long contract. I knew, sorry, I knew it was stupid long. Was it that stupid long, Vili Leno? I don't remember that one. But No, I don't think it was more than eight. Okay, because it's very plausible knowing Buffalo that they did that. They're like, sure, what if we did 25? <laughs> um, do you have anyone else on your list? Well, you got the two Richards. You got um, Berzgalov. Yes. You got Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk is kind of like a iffy one, but I'll say yes, because he didn't finish Kovalchuk, it. Yeah. Does, does it count, Jeffrey Kovalchuk? I don't know if Kovalchuk. Does that count? Uh, any contract that might have been bought out, terminated. Um, like, basically, they, didn't, they weren't, like, on the last day of their contract, they weren't on the ice type of thing. Okay. Yep, Jeffrey, I'll have a nice... I'll, I'll read it again for you at the end. Just keep going. Um, so we have... We have Cole Bochuk. We have Hosa. Hosa. I don't have Hosa. I might not have Hosa. How many names is this? Like 15? This is going to be fucking uh, Just, Just tell, keep spitting out names. I'll let you know if I, I have them or not. I'm trying to spit, dude. This is all. This is like... He's, na- he's telling his name like 20 players who played like seven years ago. No, it's, not, it's less than 20 because you have a bunch of players like Crosby, Ovechkin, Weber. No, no, no. He's saying who didn't finish their contracts. I don't think it was twenty of them. They said there's only twenty one contracts that are over that are stupid long like that, right? I would like to change that to twenty two because I did not have Airhoff on my list. So I'll give you one there. Franzen. Uh, I have Franzen. Okay. Uh... Who did not finish? That's the thing. It's like it's not who signed. It's just who did not finish. Yes. Okay. Let's. So Arizona. I'm pretty sure they had. Shane Doan, but he finished his career. Okay, so we have we have twelve players, and there's twenty two. So so who are the ten players who are still in these stupid long contracts? We've got Carter, we've got Crosby, we've got Quick, we got Ovi, we've got Weber, we've got Suter, we've got Parise. That's eight. So there's two players that were missing on, on the list here. Right. What did Drew sign? That's a good question. <laughs> does it matter? Oh, no, it does matter. <laughs> Giroux. I think he signed after all this. Wait, Keith. Keith. Okay, now we're missing one player. Um, Who else signed a stupid long contract? I think. What, what was Marion Gabrick's contract? No. Wasn't, was it Gabrick? Ooh, actually, that's a. I, I'm not sure about that one. No, um, I know, I know exactly who he is now. Ah, oh, shit, what's his name? Team, just give me a team. Who's in Carolina? Who's in Carolina? Captain. Stall. Yes. Remember we we talked about Stall. Oh, uh, Jordan Stall. Yes, remember we talked about Stall last week. Ten years, sixty. But he's still playing. He's still playing. So that's the, that's the one. Think, let me count again. I think that's everyone. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, never mind. We're still missing two players. <laughs> this is a. I, I blame Jeffrey for this, although it's kind of fun. This is kind of Jeffrey's fault. Why don't you blame Olsen for not being able to count? Because you gave us 20 plus players to figure out out of like several hundred. All I asked was for. 
the number of play, like players that haven't finished. You guys decided to count players that are still playing, so it's not my fault that you guys made it harder on yourselves. Okay, we kind of have to go backwards because we don't remember. <laughs> so right now we have 11 that are still playing, that are no longer playing. We have 11 of those. And you said there are 22. Is that what you said? There's 22 guys who didn't finish? 10, 22 guys who have signed those massive contracts, right? Uh-huh. And so far, we have 11 of them who did not finish. And we have nine that are still going. No, no. There's 22 guys in total who signed the super long contract, right, Jeffrey? Uh, by my counts, yes. And 22 includes currently playing and no longer playing combined is 22, right? Yep. And we're counting the ones that are no longer playing. Yes. Or got terminated, a.k.a. Kobo Drive. Yeah. Not playing anymore. I have 11. I feel like we're short two or one. One or two. I think we're short two. We go with my hunch. 13. 13 of 22 are no longer playing. Uh, just for instance, recollection, the 11 we have are Franzen, Zetterberg, Di Pietro, Richards, Brisgalov, Luongo, Erhoff, Richards, Le Cavalier, Kovalchuk, Hosa. I think the two we're missing are no longer playing. It's probably like Datsuk and like someone like completely random. Like San Luis or whatever, since Richards and the Cavalier aren't here. I I don't I don't really have anyone else. Unless Jeffrey, you want to just give us a little hint just for the sake of it? Actually, you can do that after. I will give you guys one hint, but then you have would have one minute to give me the answer because this is taking a lot longer than it needs to be. Okay. What's the hint? Oh, you guys are ready for it already? No, we'll go tomorrow. What the fuck? After you're done shoveling your uh, driveway there, Anson? Yeah, you know what? It turns out there's a blizzard now, so I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> I will add one player to your active list, Nicholas Backstrom, who actually finished his con- who is finishing his contract too. So it's either eleven or twelve from my counties, which is never accurate because I can't count. Getzlaff. So you want to go with eleven? Getzlaff Perry. No, we're short one player, my guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just throwing I'm throwing names out. I don't. Oh, it's Getzlaff. We have a minute. We got to be quick about this. It's Getzlaff or Perry or, um, honestly, that's the two I can name. All right. Then you're going to go with 11? Sure. All right. I'll go with 12 then. All right. That's our answers. So are you going to name your 12th guy or are you just going to leave him as an anonymous No, there was person? no ask for me to name my 12th guy. Just, it just had to be a 12th guy. <laughs> no, I, I said, oh, yeah, I guess. I, I, I guess <laughs> I, I said how many instead of saying name. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let's just end this here. Um, so there were twelve guys. So you guys got the eleven correct, and your last player was Alexi Yashin, of the, formerly of the New York Islanders. Was not guessing that. Sweet. Could you, for the sake of it, just name the guys who are not playing, like the 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 eleven guys, the twelve or twelve? Sorry, yeah. For sure. So Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, Rick DiPietro, Henrik Zetterberg, Brad Richards, Roberto Luongo, Marion Hosa, Vincent LeCavalier, Alexi Yashin, Mike Richards, Ilya Prisgalov, Johan Franzen, and Christian Erhoff. And I have one final question. It's not for points, but which okay, current... can I jump in here with a can I, can I jump in with a with a counter question? Sure. How long was Martin San Luis contract? Because that's probably who I would have guessed. Uh, I will look that up for you right now. I'm pretty sure it was just a, like a standard eight year with Tampa, like an extension type of deal. I don't think it was even eight years because he he joined the league kind of late, right? As an undrafted guy, I think. It's like 26 though. So he signed six a six year contract with Tampa Bay in 2005, and then he signed a four year 35 plus contract extension in 2010. So he never even passed. That's the eight mark. Interesting. But the final question here is which current player is going to be joining that list that you guys listed above? Oh my fucking god. Um Olsen, list. Uh yes. Carter, Crosby, Quick, 
Ovechkin, Weber, Suter, Parise, Keith, Stahl, Backstrom. Um, I'm leaning Parise. Just Parise? The joining the not finishing the contract list? Yep. Well, Crosby's going to finish. Ovi's done this year. Backstrom's... I think he's an extension already. Um, um, Keith could be an option. But I think he's just playing like second or third pairing minutes currently. Right? It's Keith or Parise? Because I know Suter is still a freaking tank. Okay. Uh, I've got a few more players. Um, I've got Parise, Keith, and Weber. Doesn't Weber have like five or six years left of this? Yes, but he says soon joining, isn't he? Soon joining, I think, just in the grand scheme of things. I don't think Weber finishes that contract because he has like what? One, two, three, four, five, five more years left. But I think if you're saying soon, I'm assuming like within this year or next, and I don't think Weber's going to retire within these couple of years, right? Gosh, Jeffrey, clarify it for that's us. The, that's the issue I have. <laughs> yeah. It's If you're saying like who will join, then yes, I, I'm leaning absolutely Weber. But if you're saying within these couple of years, then it's crazy. Like my argument on why I think Weber joins this list after next year or definitely after two years from now is that he makes six million next year, 2021-2022. He makes three million in 2022-2023. And then for the last three years, he only makes a million a year. It's a very front-loaded deal. And and Montreal doesn't have to pay the recapture penalty if he retires. <laughs> that was one of my favorite topics, the recapture penalty. What if Montreal just lost a quarter of their cap? <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's just they don't have to pay any. Like If he retires after the playoffs, he, uh, Montreal isn't on the hook for any of it, I think. Something like that. I think I remember they, they were like, hey, we got we to gotta make it more fair for, for the Habs. Um, I think they fixed the rule for the recapture because it was going to screw over Nashville and not the Habs. But um, in the end, there's no correct answer, right? This was there's no points. But yeah, I agree with you. Parise and Weber seem to be the most likely players that you know, more than likely won't finish their contracts. But you know, we'll see. I mean, they're both good veteran guys. Like unless there's a compliance buyout in the new future, they're also not really going to be like great to be bought out and have recapture penalties so we'll kind of see but I, I think this was an interesting trivia um episode kind of thing you know you guys work together well you guys got a lot of answers correct so you know it wasn't half as bad as you guys were making it you didn't have to delay it and make this episode over an hour long now but um yeah it was a uh, it was good trivia i have no regrets of stalling jeffrey to be fair, it was less of stalling than it was more of actually figuring out who signed a nine plus or nine plus years of contract. Yes, I think if we look at um, if you look at the Parise deal, the next three years remaining on his contract, he makes four million in cash. Don't think he. You know, I don't think he really needs the money. And I think when he signed the deal, that was probably intended in the last three years. He probably just, especially the last two years when he makes a million a year, he might just fade away into the sunset for the last two years. I wouldn't even be surprised if he retires next, like this offseason. I mean, he was scratched for the playoffs. He only came back because um, I don't remember who got injured, but someone was injured on the wild. That's the only reason why he was in the lineup for the last couple of games. So, if if Parise doesn't see a path for him to be even playing every single day, like I wonder if he might just you know ro- like retire. So yeah, okay, you know, but six million this year. Uh he's made a lot of money. His contract was for ninety eight million dollars. I uh, I mean it's hard to say say no to that much money, but I think he's in a position where he might be able to say no. But you know that kind of is basically the end of our episode today. Um. I, I think it was a very well-rounded episode. We really got to talk about some good topics today and really got to go into some of the things that we like to talk about, you know, especially talking about the Habs. I really enjoyed that segment. Yeah. All right. With that being said, um, I never started off the final words. So I'm going to start first. Um, before I forget, if you like to listen to us, make sure to follow us on Spotify and to give us 
not one, not two, not three, not four, but five stars on Apple Podcast. Woo! Uh, but besides that, no, actually, uh, get your vaccine, go for a walk. I don't know. Enjoy it. It's been a long week. I've had a long week, at least. Enjoy the weekend, and I uh, love y'all. I will go next. And uh, just say, you know, continue following your public health measures. Um, like Olson said, you know, if you feel comfortable getting the vaccine, uh, go get your vaccine. Um, it seems um, that, you know, we're, we're getting closer and closer towards the end, but we just had to tough it uh, out just a couple, uh, just a little bit longer. And then we might hopefully get to enjoy next year, maybe, or even earlier, uh, a non-pandemic uh, season. Um, but yeah, I guess everyone stay healthy and stay safe. So I guess I'll wrap it up. It's, uh, you know, I think this is the first time I've ever seen two Eastern conference teams, quote unquote, piss off in the finals. And I don't know when the next time we'll see that is. So that'll be fun. Tonight's, uh, the lightning and the Islanders game seven. Can't ask for anything else, but yeah, I'm going to go shovel my driveway and, uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bank Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.